Everybody that is normally here know that I've been talking a whole lot about the uh, nefarious movie. And uh, nefarious himself, that demon from hell, he said, names have power. So that song uh, that she just sang, talking about the name of Jesus, nefarious would not uh, say the name Jesus. He wouldn't say it. He said, the carpenter. By the way, that movie is doing very well streaming. And uh, the people who put it out are finally, finally have a smile on their face. And, uh, you know, they, the investors might, might actually get a little money back that they put into it. So that means that there may be a sequel to it in the future. So... Uh, something to look forward to. But names are very powerful. Names, uh, you know, we think about what we're, gonna, what we're going to name our children, and many of us have picked Bible names. We pick names that, uh, you know, go back to our childhood and, and the stories that we loved out of the Bible, and we see those characters, and we want to name um, our loved ones after those mighty characters in the Bible. Um, in, you know, in today's world, we don't see that much. We, we see some very creative names. A lot of names after uh, nature. Notice a lot of that, right? Uh, I, I even know some, some young people who have been named after pagan gods. So... We have uh, names of cities and towns across America that have very significant Bible names. So, what we proclaim out of our mouths, what we carve into statues and set up for other people to see, means something and carries on things. And as you go through the Word of God and the children of Israel have been set free out of Egypt and they're coming back, and you see all these times where they do something very significant and they are to erect some type of monument, something that people from the future will see it and ask questions about. So those things are important. In America, a lot of those things have been taken away. They have been torn down, and new images have been brought in. Uh, even um, the American flag has been taken out of, of churches across America, but then there's another flag that has been brought in that has many colors to it. They call it a rainbow flag. So, there are some great founding fathers that their statues have been torn down. There are monuments that have been put up that you may not think anything of them. But in New York City, there's a big bull, a full-size bull statue, very close to uh, the New York Stock Exchange. 
What that bull represents is the false god, but a very real little g god called Baal. And if, you, if you've read your Bibles, you have seen that name Baal many, many times. And he would, you ever wonder why the nation of Israel, when Moses was up on the mountain and they were wondering where he was at, they broke off the golden earrings and they melted them down and formed calves. Well, that's because Baal is just one of the devil's, it's just how he presents himself, one of the ways that the devil presents himself to the world. All righty. Now, so much. This is June. Happens to be my birthday month. And June has become a month that has all kinds of bad news in it. And it makes me mad. But it's my birthday month. The end of June is even more significant. June has been labeled Pride Month. Pride Month. Yesterday, another, another thing that happened for June is yesterday was the 24th. It was the one-year anniversary of the Supreme Court taking away, realizing, and coming out and saying the federal government should have never made it to where it's legal for anybody to have an abortion across America. So that was taken down one year ago yesterday. What did that do for us? People will say, well, it really didn't change anything. But just saying it, names are important. Things are significant. Laws of the land, the Ten Commandments, they are very significant. God wrote the Ten Commandments with his finger, and he sent it down here for all of us to see. And when Moses showed up with those Ten Commandments originally, what he saw happening caused him to throw them down and break them to pieces. And then God had to do it again. Those things mean so much. And we got to treasure those things and protect those things. So, if the law of your land says something, then those who are not believers, that is their ticket to do those bad things. When you have a president of the United States that gets into all kinds of, and I'm talking back in the 90s, and you'll, some of you will remember, that gets into all kinds of bad sexual sins, then all the teenagers all over the country, I can remember in the 90s, teenagers everywhere, just they, it was their ticket to do whatever they wanted to do. Sexual immorality was sweeping the nation, and they were just laughing and saying, hey, the President of the United States does it, so therefore we're going to do it too. You'll notice that the evil of killing innocent babies in their mother's womb, the people who are okay with it, they change words. They will say, instead of a baby, they will say, say things like, it's a mass of tissue. Or it's a clump of cells. Now, there are several states in this country that have that had uh, restrictions or outright 
no abortion allowed in this state in the past, but then that became uh, of no use having that on the books because of Roe versus Wade. 50 years, 50 years, and 62 million babies killed later, it gets overturned. So many of those states immediately, their laws were back in force. So you've got states like Florida recently who put into law to where it was a heartbeat bill. Other states have done others before, but just recently, been in the news, and it's a six-week. Now, that, the side that is against stopping abortion, they will say things like, I had to write it down because I knew I wouldn't be able to keep it, to get, keep it uh, in my mind. They say embryonic cardiac activity. Embryonic cardiac activity, otherwise known as a heartbeat. A heartbeat. Everybody knows a heartbeat. But they change the wording. They change the wording. A six-week heartbeat bill, in my opinion, is not good enough. But it is better than wide open like Virginia. Hey, we've now become uh, a tourist destination of women who need an abortion and want to come here. Our state of Virginia is terrible. It's pitiful. I'm ashamed of our state. Uh, the fact that we have a governor that we have right now was, if it wasn't for Christian churches in the state of Virginia actually coming together and, and, and uh, volunteering and taking courses on elections and going and working elections and found out that 5% of the vote in Virginia was corrupt and got that out, Glenn Youngkin won. There's no way he would have won other, otherwise. Because we are a very, very uh, divided country, but state as well. And there is corruption all over the country when it comes to those things. Now, if you say that, you will be shut up. Don't say those things. If I talk about uh, Pride Month, which I'm going to do today, uh, I will be silenced for that. You know, 30 years ago, I can remember listening to James Dobson when he was on Focus on the Family, and he was talking about the thing. If you let this happen, then in the future, this, this, and this is going to happen. And I remember going, there's no way we would ever do that. He was right. I was wrong. And now I've got to preach a message about it today. Because sexual immorality is destroying the country. It's destroying our nation. Killing innocent babies in their mother's womb is destroying our country. We are going to, and we are, suffering the consequences of it now. You know, people say, God's going to judge us. No, He's been judging us for a while. And it's obvious. He's been judging us. <clears throat> now, you know, these are two things that I'm talking about, but just happened to fall in June. So, 
it's, it's, hard, it's hard for me to keep. So just, I'm going to be back and forth between the two issues. Try to just listen and uh, try to keep it straight. But we were told a long time ago that if we would be more tolerant in what we allowed in this country, if we would be more liberated, if we would uh, just let... Uh, somebody famous just said, live and let live. He's trying to run for president right now. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be uh, our poster child for uh, Christians. He claims to be this awesome Christian, and he, he's, he's letting the Christian uh, world down. I'm very upset with him. I don't want to say his name, but you know who I'm talking about, more than likely. I am very ashamed of Christian, so-called Christian leaders who will not speak the truth. I'm very ashamed of that. I'm ashamed of our uh, leaders that we have put in office that will not stand on the truth. There's very few that will. But most of us do not like persecution. We don't like it at all. Therefore, we don't say the things that need to be said and then all the people who are waiting for the leaders to say something, then they, when they don't see it, then they get less and less able to do what they want to do, and they start to fall in line. So it looks like the majority of the people want these crazy things when it's not the case. We just have a very uh, weak, weak uh, courage and that is something that God cannot stand, is for us to be cowards. We're supposed to walk, look at all the battles that looked like it was sure defeat, but the people of God knew God was with them and they went right in and conquered. We have no excuse to be scared. No excuse whatsoever, but we are. We're living our life in fear uh, so speech, we don't, if we don't say the right things, if we allow everybody else to have their say, but now look at what has happened. You allow everybody else to have their say, and now we're not, we're not allowed to say what we need to say. And what we're saying is the truth, and it, what they're saying is all a lie. But now the truth has been squashed. And if you speak it, you're, you are going to get persecuted. Uh, Women being liberated. The feminist movement back in the day. Women want to be liberated. They don't need men. They, don't, they, just, they can do it on their own. And we've allowed those things to happen. We've, we've, God has an order for things. And we follow that order. We don't get it all right. We mess up. Men mess up. Women mess up. But we follow the order of things. But now... We've allowed all that to happen. And so, so women now have to worry about a guy claiming to be a girl and competing with them in sports to where they can't win a championship anymore. It wasn't that long ago you would never think that would be allowed. But now if you say something against it, you're the bad person. There are... There are women at women's prisons in America that are tortured because a man at the male prison says he is now a woman and now they got to send him to the female prison. 
It's a real quick no. That's not going to happen, but it is happening. So this being liberated has put you in bondage. You know, the devil, he promises prosperity and freedom. Things are going to be so great. He actually, he actually offers you the world, and then he gives it to you. Then he actually gives it to you. And what you find out is if you, if you accept his offer of prosperity and freedom and pleasure in this life, that at the end you'll have nothing but destruction. The nation of Israel went through it time and time again, and it's in our Bibles, and we have those stories, and then we forget all about it and think that we're going to be different. Doing the same things that the nation of Israel did and thinking that we're going to get a different result. Let's read out of uh, Jeremiah 32. The prophet of lamentation and woe, Jeremiah. He cried a lot. We are going to be crying a lot too if we don't have major revival in this country. Jeremiah 32, starting with verse 26. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this day into the hand of the Chaldeans, and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take it. And the Chaldeans that fight against this city shall come and set fire on this city, and burn it with the houses upon whose roofs, roofs they have offered incense unto Baal. There he is. And poured out drink offerings unto other gods, little g-gods, to provoke me to anger. For the children of Israel and the children of Judah have only done evil before me from their youth, for the children of Israel have only provoked me to anger with the work of their hands. So the things that you actually do prove what's in your heart. For this, de- for, for this city hath been to me as a provocation of mine anger and of my fury from the day that they built it even unto this day that I should remove it from before my face." Because of all the evil of the children of Israel and of the children of Judah, which they have done to provoke me to anger, they, their kings, notice, look at this list. Their kings, their princes, their priests. You realize that the priests were in a place where they should have been worshiping God and they had their backs turned to God and they were actually worshiping the sun god. And then there were the women who were crying over Tammuz. I mean, that's some serious idol worship there. And the nation of Israel that should have known better, they were doing it. So the priests and their prophets, and the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. 33. And they have turned unto me the back, 
How many times have you heard me recently say, we have turned our backs on God? They have turned unto me the back and not the face. Though I taught them, rising up early and teaching them, yet they have not hearkened to receive instruction. But they set their abominations in the house which is called by my name. We call this the Lord's house. And if we don't stand on the Word of God and preach what it says and believe on it and go out into this world and tell this dying world what the Bible says, then we are the same way right now. 35, and they, listen, they, and they built the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire unto Molech, which I commanded them not, neither came it unto it came it into my mind. This this is God's words through Jeremiah. It's it's you 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 know people say, well, God's all knowing. How could this surprise him? But it's actually saying that. God is saying, you people even blow my mind. Is that possible? It, it seems like that's what it's saying. Neither came it into my mind and they should, uh, that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. And now, therefore, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city, whereof ye say, it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Now... What is this Molech? It's also referred to as Moloch in uh, Acts 7 when Stephen gave that amazing message that got him killed. Molech was a, a god that the people in pagan societies, they would, it was for fertility. They had a big get-together around this statue and they did all kinds of sexual immorality. And nine months after that, they had the fruit of the womb that they were to bring back to Moloch so that they can take these little babies and throw them into... They, actually, he had hands that were outstretched, a little bit of an angle, and they would build this big fire inside of his belly, and it would make the arms of, his, of, of the statue very hot, and they would bring the babies. Now, in the background, they'd be playing drums really loud to where you couldn't hear the screams of the babies. And they would take the little babies, brand new babies that were conceived nine months before at this uh, pagan festival, they would bring them to offer back to the God that gave them the... the uh, fertility of the land and all of their livestock that, that had, had uh, multiplied. And out of thanksgiving to Molech, they would bring the little babies and they would lay the babies on those outstretched arms. And the babies would start screaming from the heat that was in the arms and they would wiggle off and roll down. It would better to roll off of those arms that were causing so much pain and fall into the fire to be consumed immediately. <clears throat> Today, in America, we have uh, altars of Molech all over this country. 
They're called Planned Parenthoods. And that's where you take your babies for prosperity, for being liberated and free as a woman. You don't want this new baby to tie you down and keep you from this career that you trained so hard for. And why not just take this baby and offer it back to Moloch? And many do. For prosperity. For freedom. And it ends in the destruction of a little baby. And it is very destructive to the woman, whether she wants to admit it or not. But she carries that terrible guilt for the rest of her life. Again, you can read about uh, Stephen talking about Molech or Moloch in Acts 7. And if you read all of his sermons, you'll understand why he got stoned to death. In uh, Proverbs, I'm going I'm to read a bunch of stuff out of Proverbs here in a little bit, but there's two places that I want you to see. Most of you would know it. You can write it down and just listen. You can turn there if you're really quick at it. But Proverbs 6, because I'm going to be talking about pride next. Pride. Because this is Pride Month after all. So we're going to be talking about pride. And, I, and, and a lot of what I'm going to be reading and referencing is just pride, the word pride. But this one here says proud. Now, I can go through, I could have spent so much time referencing verses on being proud, but I just fine-tuned it down to pride because that's the word. Pride month. But in uh, Proverbs 6, starting with uh, 16 through 19, it says, These six things doeth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Now, for those people who will say, the Bible doesn't say anything about abortion, well, make sure you got that verse handy. The shedding of innocent blood is definitely referring to abortion. That would be one thing. There's others, but that's definitely one of them. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Now, uh, Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, verses 10, 11, and 12. Pay very close attention. This is a challenge. Proverbs 24, verse 10, 11, and 12. If thou faint in the day of adversity... Remember, we're not to be cowards. If you faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doeth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doeth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? If you see the innocent and those who cannot protect themselves being led away to be slain, and you don't do anything to stop it, if you don't raise your voice in anger and stand up for those and make excuses to God why you didn't do it, you will stand before him one day. 
Now, let's talk about pride a little bit. If you go to your concordance and you look up pride, I think it's 49 times in the Bible, and quite a few are in Proverbs, quite a few in Psalms. It's throughout. Nothing good about it. I don't think I found a verse that has said anything good about pride. But yet, Pride Month was fitting. It's actually fitting that they would call it Pride Month because there's nothing in the Bible that's good about pride. Proverbs, I only only wrote these down out of of Proverbs. Actually, uh, no, I wrote a couple out of the uh, New Testament as well. But here's the ones out of the Old Testament. I only picked the ones out of Proverbs. You can go and look for yourself and read all the rest of them. Pride. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Now here's the list of the... There's three evil things. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way. And the forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs 11.2. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Proverbs 13.10 Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 14.3 In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Remember, the devil will promise you prosperity, freedom. He will even promise you the whole world. He'll offer you the whole world. And then he gives it to you. Is that a good thing? 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Do you want the world? And then in Mark... <clears throat> Chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, it says, For from within, out of the heart of of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, Pride, foolishness, 13. The number of apostasy and rebellion. So they list 13 different uh, things that proceed out of the heart of men. And then it says, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Now this is the the other... um, version of the story that I did on Wednesday night a couple weeks ago. Uh, Matthew 15, talking about the Syrophoenician woman. 
And before, before we got to that part, it was, it was the Pharisees that had come to Jesus and was saying, why is it that your disciples eat bread without washing their hands? And that they are um, going against the traditions of the elders. And then Jesus looked at them and said, well, what about you going against the commandments of God? You're, you're accusing us of being uh, disobedient to the traditions of men, but yet you by not honoring father and mother, you are not standing up for the commandments of God. It's the same thing. And then Jesus goes and explains to them, it's not what you eat, that you might have a little dirt on your food. That doesn't defile you. It's what comes up out of the heart and out of your mouth is what defiles you. And then all of these things is what comes up out of the heart. All of these, all that whole list of 13 things. <clears throat> Now let's go to uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, again, most of y'all know this really well, but because it's Pride Month, we must read it. Starting with verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who... Listen to this. Listen very carefully to this next part who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's the King James Bible. Every other new translation, new version of the Bible has changed that. They, they can't handle that you could hold the truth and be in, be in unrighteousness, but that's exactly what we do. We know better and we still do what's wrong. We have the instructions right here. I am literally holding the truth in my hands. And there are preachers all over America that are holding the Bible, they're holding the truth in unrighteousness. Because they won't dare read this from the pulpit. Don't change the Word of God. Trust it for what it says. When we try to fix it, we mess it up. Don't fix it. It doesn't need to be fixed. Believe it for what it says who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You condemn yourselves by being on this earth and looking at creation and knowing that there's a creator. But yet you just go right into being uh, more depraved as time goes on. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So they're, they're, that throws out the total depravity argument. That you're as, when you come to this world, you're as bad as you're ever going to be. No, we get worse with time. We actually get worse with time. Now, we come to this world totally depraved in that we cannot do anything of ourselves to save ourselves from hell. That is true. But if you think that you can't get worse and worse by turning away from God's Word, you're wrong. Where you used to feel guilt in something, if it doesn't get corrected, 
if the preacher don't preach on it, if your mama don't get after you and spank your little butt, and you are allowed to get away with it, then that guilt starts to dissipate. And you become darkened in your heart. And you get more of a hard heart. And as, as a society in America, we have turned away from sin and calling it what it is, and we've gotten darker and darker in America. People used to come here to get away from darkness only to come to this country to find out it's on the same path as the place they ran from. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up. He don't want to, but if you think you can do it better than him, he will let you try it. He will give you up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And then call it Pride Month. Who change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Follow along in your Bible. Follow along to these words, okay? For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet or suited for it. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of uh, evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding covenant breakers. Now, now here's, a, here's a really important one. Without natural affection. Now, here is where your Bibles may say unloving or heartless. That's way different than without natural affection. The people of the Pride Month can open up their newer versions of the Bible and say you're heartless or you're unloving because you're not accepting what I'm doing. Because without natural affection was taken out and a new word was put in, it actually benefits them. Without natural affection is what it's supposed to be. Implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, 
but have pleasure in them that do them. So if you, you're saying, well, I don't do any of that stuff, but you say, hey, teach us on, live and let live. Hey, it's not my business what they do in their bedroom. Really? It's your land that you live in that is going to be cursed because of the sin that you're, you are allowing. And your kids that are growing up, your grandkids are growing up into this, they are going to suffer the consequences of it. Because we have said, you know what, it's not all that bad. Because now it doesn't seem all that bad. Because now we've got kids being mutilated because the little girl says, I'm a boy, mommy. And instead of the mommy saying, no, you're not. They actually help them go get mutilated. And then when they become older, they look back and say, Mom and Dad, why would you allow something like this to happen to me? All of those people who've gone through the transgender surgeries, all of that, they want, when, they, when they get older and they start to try to warn everybody about what they went through, they're ignored. They're screaming, don't do this, don't do this. We don't hear you. You're not going to be on TV. You're not going to be on the radio. You're not going to be on the internet. Cancel them. Push them away. So now, uh, to preach on homosexuality, that's such a small thing compared to all this other stuff. Well, it's because we ignored it then. Now we're suffering from all that other stuff that's way worse. We have said, hey, if that's what they want to do, who am I to tell them they can't do it? Well, the Word of God says, don't do it. And this is what will happen when you do. All right, we're almost done. John 8. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 44. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to all these people that should know better. The leaders, the leaders of the faith, and they are bragging about being the seed of Abraham. Now in that story, what you'll notice is, Jesus says you're the seed of Abraham, but if you were the children of Abraham, see the difference? Just because you're born into something doesn't make you good or the same. You must also be the children of, not just the seed of. That's something really significant in that story. And uh, when I first started preparing all this, that was going to be part of the message, but you'll have to study that on your own. This is all I'm going to say out of it. One verse, 44. He ended up telling them, ye, looking at all of those religious leaders, whether scribes, Pharisees, you're claiming that you are the seed of Abraham. You should know better. You should know who I am. I've been talked about all through the scriptures that you have, and you're not seeing me for who I am. And there's a reason for it. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, all about taking the babies to Moloch. All about that. Loves it. If you watch the movie Nefarious, 
the, the demon uh, nefarious. He's calling out James, the psychiatrist that's there evaluating him, finding out if he's insane or not, so that he can get, whether he's going to go through death penalty or not. And nefarious, he wants this poor person that he has possessed to go through the death penalty. He wants that. And by the end of the day, that's what he wants to accomplish. And he has told James that James is, he wanted to be referred to as Dr. Whatever. And then Nefarious had this real long, drawn-out name, real fancy, devilish name, and he wanted James to call him that. But James wouldn't do it. So Nefarious says, okay, since we're going to be on a first-name basis, James. Then he started calling him Jimmy. <clears throat> he said, before you leave here today, you will have committed three murders. Well... He showed him the first one, and he was very upset over it. And then when it was time for the second one, when James finally gathered himself and can't, comes back to the table, Lois, you saw this, right? When James finally gets over the guilt and the shame of what he did for the first murder, which involved his elderly mother, assisted suicide and all that, wasn't willing to wait for the inheritance. Let's get this moving on. So when he comes back to the table and he sits down, Nefarious looks at James and he says, are you ready for round two? And James said, I didn't know we were in a fight. And he said, that's why you're losing, James. We as Christians don't want to believe that we're in a fight against the principalities, the darkness that's in the heavenlies that we can't see, but we actually do see it. It's everywhere. He was a murderer from the beginning. Death and destruction. So he said, how's... I think, the, I think James's girlfriend was actually named Melanie. I think it was. Have y'all seen that movie yet? He said, when James was walking away, he said, well, how's Melanie doing? And he turned around and said, what? She was at the abortion clinic at that moment. And the abortion procedure was going on, and he told James all about it. And then he started counting down. Five, four, three, two, one, and, and it's been shredded to pieces and sucked out. And he jumps up, and he's, he's just celebrating, and he says, all of hell is rejoicing another sacrifice. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. That was murder number two for, for James. And you can guess what the third one was by the time the night ended. And abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Remember that. Their father, hopefully not your father, the devil, is nothing but lies. He promises you all of the great things. And it's very convincing. And what so bad about it is he, he, he'll, he'll, he'll deliver the world, but it won't be of the Father. And the end of it will be destruction, pain and, and agony, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we know that we are living in troubled times. Father, we as a nation have turned our backs on you. 
Father, the churches in this country have let you down. Father, we don't want to be a part of those churches. Father, we know that we, each and every one of us that are here today, we have to look at our own hearts. Father, no matter what everybody else is doing, we are going to stand before the judgment seat. We will have no one else to blame. Father, I pray that our hearts will be touched and that we will be doers of the word, Father. That we will not just say things in the, in the protection of the church building that sound good, that sound religious, say the right prayers, sing the right songs, but then walk out into this world and be a coward. Father, I pray that we won't be such, but that we will have no fear because we know you are with us. Father, this whole world can fall apart and we can die, but if we are held in the arms of Jesus Christ, we're going to be with you forever. Father, we should have no fear. Father, we should have a love for our neighbors that is so strong that we're not afraid to discipline, not afraid to stand on your word and speak the hard truth, not worry about hurting feelings, but Father, show true love in saving a soul from hell for eternity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your many blessings. Help us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.